0: The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this,
1: Cowboys? Yes! Go, Cowboys!
2: This, this is Cowboys this. Storyline with Nick Eatman.
3: What is up, everyone? Welcome to Cowboys Storyline, February the 1st, 2024. And... I'm joined by the man, Darren Woodson. What's up, Nick? What is going
4: on? Is it is it Woody Wednesday? Well, it's it's today, no. actually Thursday yeah, today? It's huh? Thursdays, it's not Woody, Woody Wednesdays. Woody anymore. Thursdays. Yeah, it doesn't my day's matter. Mixed up, hey.
3: Any day you want to come come yeah, over. You
4: get hit in the head for thirteen straight years, dude. Things happen. You know? Yeah.
3: I don't I don't yeah. know what my excuse is. <laughs> it just happened anyways. I don't know if I've been hit in the head. Uh, anyways. Um, you guys, a lot of stuff going on. We're gonna talk about that. We'll talk about how the season ended. A lot of people are trying to move mm. on, but with you here, mm. Darren, I do. I'm wanna...
4: trying to move on as well, uh, okay, man. But okay. hey, let's bring it back. I, I do want to get your stuff.
3: thoughts on that, and also how you kind of can, can bounce back from that. All right, eight 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 888 right. five five two two nine seven. Already have a couple of callers on the line. We got Darren for about twenty minutes or so here. So we'll we'll get off. We'll get to the phone calls here in a second. But first, I do want to just talk to you. We got some. Breaking news going on here. Mm. Dan Quinn, defensive coordinator, is uh, taking a job uh, with the Washington Commanders. What are your thoughts on that one?
4: Well, you know, you knew you were going to lose Dan at some point. Yeah. You knew that was going to happen. You probably, probably should have lost him last year. Um, and, look, I, I think there's a lot of those who are, are still burning hot from – The last game of the season, and saying, well, he didn't do, you know, the defense didn't play Mm -hmm. up to par. How could he get a new job or blah, blah, blah. Look, the guy is his track record over the last couple of years has been remarkable. And I thought it was one of the best stays last year as far as keeping people, even players within the organization. I thought that was one of the best keepers last year in finding a way to keep Dan Quinn on, on staff. Uh, I'm happy for him. I think he's long overdue for a head coaching job. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't like the fact that he's in the division. Right. But uh, at the same time, look, his track record of what he's been able to accomplish, whether it be in Seattle with the, you know, what do they call the Legion of Doom mm-hmm. and and then moving on to Atlanta and, and, and going to the Super Bowl uh, with that team and then coming to Dallas and changing things around. Look, I, I just got a ton of respect for Dan Quinn, e- even though, you know, what they went through this season, you know, e- even with going through the season, they had a great season. He put guys in the right position to win games. Uh, just so happened it didn't happen for him in the, in the end.
3: Yeah, I'm sure I'll get a chance later on in the show to uh, be asked about it. I'll, I'll throw my my two cents in mm-hmm. later in the show. But, but yeah, I mean, I agree with, with everything that you said. Um, all right, let's just get to the phone lines. Let's try to get as many callers that can talk to you as possible here. So let's go to uh, Brian in Kansas City. First up
0: good afternoon gentlemen
4: how are you Brian how are you doing
0: well I'm a little sick today which is why I'm home from work but I am really glad because I've never been able to call in and on a day when Woody's there nice so it is a pleasure to talk to you sir
4: yeah, yeah. you too Brian
3: well Brian always asks me like a former player and give a story or whatever so I'm hoping maybe you'll ask Darren a, a player that you I mean he, he'll have some great great stories on any of these guys
0: yeah, absolutely. So I got two questions, and then of course I'll hang up and listen so other people can participate. Thanks. My first question is, um, if you if you're one of the guys that like looks into this stuff and follows this stuff, do you have an opinion on any of the safeties coming out this year? And my other question is something close to what Nick just said, but maybe a, a favorite mentor uh, as you were as you were coming up through the ranks. I'll hang up and listen and y'all have a great show.
4: Uh to answer your first question, I have no idea. <laughs> uh, I remember my ESPN days of having to watch, you know, the entire football season and then watch, you know, the college draft and and get prepped for who's coming out I'm not. That's not my deal anymore. Yeah, it's I, really I have, not I'm mine clueless. either. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm clueless. I mean, there's c-
3: another share that just they did. They just left yeah. uh, the draft show. I'm call
4: sure. call Mel Kiper. Yeah, he'll, they're he'll, all, he'll be the one. They're
3: all over it. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not there yet either. And I don't even know if that would be your top priority thinking about because they signed Malik Hooker and they signed Donovan Wilson. So I, I don't think you're going to be looking at safeties that high in the draft. Then they never really do. Anyway. They never do
4: anyway, right? Yeah. So that's not yeah. happening. But I mean, there's some free agent pickups maybe that that, that sure. are out there um, that they, they they may want to take a look at. As for your second question, as far as mentors, look, I had so many guys that that mentored me through the process. Uh, Tony Tolbert was a guy uh, when I came into the league somehow, some way. Even him being a defensive end really took me under his arm and uh, you know taught me how to be a professional. Jim Jeffcoat, mm-hmm. another one that uh, took me under his wing. Uh, James Washington, Thomas Everett, Ray Horton. I mean, these guys came in and these were safeties and and they knew I came in to take their position Mm -hmm. and they still just poured into me, gave me a ton of knowledge, gave me an understanding of how to play zone. And, you know, I was pretty good at doing man, but the zone concepts were, you know, I was oblivious to understanding what was going on there. And they just spent so much time into teaching me the nuances of the game. So, uh, those are my those are you know and, and there were so many others. I mean Roger Starbuck is you know as much as I was doing on the football field off the field. Roger was really? instrumental really in pouring. I mean, there's a reason why I'm in commercial real estate today. Really, just because it's because of, of of who Roger was and 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 how he came back around and really poured into me and told me, hey, this is a you know short lived business. <laughs> you ain't gonna be here forever, and what you're playing. So uh, I, I just had so many people that that. Uh, that, that mentored me through the process.
3: I remember you telling me a story and not to get, you know, too personal with it but there was something that had happened that that Troy Aikman even read about oh, yeah. in the paper. Yes.
4: yes. And, um, yeah.
3: And you were involved with something. I don't know how yeah, much Yeah, I, I went share,
4: through I went through you know wasn't that damaging but I went through uh, my financial advisor had came up in the pa- in the newspaper that it had taken advantage and he had actually taken he found out that he had actually t- taken advantage of me in a small way but at the same time it became news. Mm-hmm. And Troy I remember really you know just walking up to me uh, when, when it the story broke, was in the locker room, walked up to me and said, hey, man, I got the right financial group for you. Same group I'm with today. Really? This is in 93, yeah. 92, 93, my first year or two in the league. And I'm still with the same group. But Troy's another one that yeah. just, I mean, there's so many guys that were older than me. And and I think that's what was so special about those teams back then. It, it was a ton of personalities. Ton of guys had you know had their own Goals and dreams, but at the same time, man, it was a a family affair. It was a yeah. network of guys that that really wanted to take care of each other. That's pretty awesome.
3: All right, let's go to uh, Justin in California. Hey Nick, how you doing, brother? I'm good. How are you? On, how you
5: doing? I, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I think the last time I called was just before the Green Bay
3: game. Mm. Hello. Uh, hey Justin, real quick, are you? Do you yeah. know you're you're on with Darren Woodson? Yes, I am. Okay. How are you, All Justin? right. Just make it sure. A,
5: man you know what Darren, i i got to thank you because when i was when i was younger so you know i was probably like 9 or so and um i had just started pop Warner and i i wanted to be emmett smith so bad i mm. wanted to be a running back i wanted to be a running back and uh didn't we all happening <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> and uh my coach was like no you know i think you know let's put you at let's try you at safety let's try you at safety and i you know i didn't really want to be and um you know, watching watching you play it finally made it cool for me to be a safety. It was like, you know what? Yeah, this is this is cool. Like they started me at free safety and um I actually had fun, you know. Um one of my main goals was to get as many picks as I could. Yeah. You know, pop warner you're not really getting that many picks, but I ended up staying with it. I ended up being uh free safety all through J V high school and then I decided to call it quits. Um yeah. uh, lar- largely for a reason because there was someone always Always over me through Pop Warner and through high school. His name is Eric Weddle, and uh, we oh, all see why yeah. he got the starting position over me. But um,
4: <laughs> he's a player uh, too. But
5: but yeah, thank you because at a young age I wanted to be you know the the, the superstar, and um, yeah, it, you made it cool for you made it okay for me to try to get better at safety. So yeah. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah,
4: um, well, good. And I
5: hope I hope you I hope you make it this year.
4: I, I appreciate that, year. man. Long overdue. Thank okay. you, thank you. But.
5: Uh, but, uh, yeah, last time I called was the Green Bay game. And uh, I, I think I said, you know, firing Mark, Mike McCarthy was going to be, be crazy. Um, I still think that. Um, I, I like the decision they made. And I'm happy with the decision that, you know, you know, Dan Quinn decided to take another job. I just think I'm looking back and I'm thinking, when was the last time we had a good run defense? It was even before Dan Quinn we've had this issue. And um, I'm glad we're not sticking with it. I'm glad we're going to go in a different direction. As good as he was, uh, we, need to, we need to fix this run defense somehow. Um, I don't know if it is just coaching or if it's just the front line. And we need guys that just want to get it. So um, mm. I just want to call in about that because I think a lot of people are, are, are like, oh, no, what's going to happen to this defense? I think it's actually a good thing. So
3: uh, All right. Well, thanks for the call, Justin. I kind of agree. I, last year, I wouldn't have thought this, but this year, they need to do something different. And I and I think that a, a different type of defense is nothing against Dan Quinn. But I think that if you're going to make a splash, you got to do it somehow.
4: And yeah, but are you built? You know, currently, are you built personnel wise to make that change? Like that's that's the question. Because this team, we all know, this team can rush the passer. Yep. across the board, right? But it's a difference when you gotta get those hogs up in the middle there. Yeah. That, you know, pin their ears back and 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 stop the run and that's their main focus. Now they tried to do that by grab Mozzie last year, that and that hasn't worked out to, work to, to where we expected it to be. But that's a fundamental difference. That's a you know, that is A mentality that you have to have, and it's not just your front four or your your interior lineman. It goes to the middle of your defense, your linebackers. What kind of players are they? Who's on who right now on on within the personnel of this football team? Is that guy that's going to knock your teeth out? Who's that guy that's going to plug that hole? Not get pushed back by the by the the offensive guard or by the center. They don't. That's not their makeup. So it's easy to say, yeah, we're going to change this and we're going to do that and we're going to bring a new coach in. But the new coach is going to say, well, hey, this is who I have to – these are the pieces that I'm going to have to deal with, right? So that's a fundamental change. That's – okay, now we have to – in the draft, we have to start drafting guys that are built this way. Now we have to go out in free agency and start bringing guys in that can fit the mold to stop the run. I just don't think that's their mentality and hasn't been – their mentality personnel wise. It's rush the passer, get you in third and long, pin years back and go. And, you know, when you get in the playoffs and you play against a team that's like the Packers or or the San Francisco 49ers, 49ers yeah. or who 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 want to play bully ball. It's not third and long. It's not third and long. <laughs> it's never third it's and third long. It's third and yeah. one. Yeah. It's second and three. No, like it's you. that's a tough Deal there to, to have. Yeah, I, I definitely agree
3: with that. And I think they need to get, they just need to get bigger. Their linebackers yeah. need to get and bigger. And also, you know, just to
4: go along with that, I, I remember when I first came in the league, Jimmy Johnson made the onus of, of every day when we went out to practice and we put on the pads, because we were in pads all the time. Got to control the front. Mm-hmm. Got to control the front. You got to win in the trenches. That's all I used to remember. And it was, this was a time in the NFC East where you had the, the, the New York Giants that were fully loaded. Yeah, I mean, top to bottom, The Eagles were loaded. The Redskins back then, loaded. as well. and everyone ran the football. Yeah. So we had our focus was control the line of scrimmage. Leon Letts, the Tony Casillas, the Jimmy Jones, the 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 uh, who Russell else did we Maryland. have? The Russell. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Russell Maryland was the number one pick. Yeah. Like you talk about a fundamental change. <laughs> You, you want to stop the run? You pick guys early on to do just that. So that's that was the mindset. And
3: you know the next defensive tackle they took in the first round? No, M- Mozzie Smith. That's how long, that's how long it's been. <laughs> that's been long. Seriously, that's how but long.
4: Marcus Spears. What year? What round did he go?
3: Uh, you know, technically defensive end. Oh, he was okay in yeah. a three-four okay. and all that. Okay, but, uh, yeah. Um, all right, let's go back to the phone line. William in West Virginia. What's up, Nick? My
6: man. How's it going? Good
3: man. How are you doing?
6: Oh hanging man. they're still reeling from that loss, but like I said, I had to call in and say had to say hey to Woody and say thank you, sir, it's an honor to talk to see. I thank no, you for you all say. the years you gave to the Cowboy fans.
4: Thank you. I appreciate that.
6: And um I had a couple questions for you, Woody, if you don't care. Um mm-hmm. first of all, could you just describe how underrated a player Thomas Everett was? I really remember yeah. back when he played he was a phenomenal player. I, I really thought he was a great player and Secondly, could you give us some stories about how great a tandem you and Roy Williams were? Yeah. Besides Cliff, besides Cliff Harris and Charlie Waters, I can't remember the Cowboys having a better
4: tandem. <laughs> uh, look, Thomas Everett was, and I mentioned Thomas earlier on and, and as far as guys that mentored me on and off the field. Thanks, William. Yeah, and, and yeah, thanks. thanks. Appreciate it, brother. Uh, Thomas is f- awesome. He, had, along with James Washington, I mean, Thomas was the guy... That was quarterbacking the defense and got guys lined up the right way. But also, I mean, if you had kneecaps and thighs, dude, he was taking them off. I mean, he came in like a bowling ball to hit guys and and I mean, out of nowhere, uh, he would just show up and, and made big plays, made a huge play in a Super Bowl, Super Bowl. Yeah. uh on the interception. But Tremendous athlete, more athletic than you, you could ever imagine. Was you know was vertically challenged. And I always say, I always mm-hmm. just telling me yeah, you're vertically challenged. Wasn't as as tall or wasn't your ideal safety that was six foot or not. But man, he played like he was six five, dude. He was just a, yeah. a damn good football player. I mean, uh, I had a buddy of mine, uh, Mark Schlereth, who said he's a football playing Jesse. Like you know, certain guys can just play that game yeah. at any point, and he was one of those guys. Um, Roy. Roy was Roy and I, man. Roy was oh, so okay. spectacular.
3: Before you get in, I, I just want to say the first caller that said about favorite mentors and mm-hmm. all that. Those guys, what those guys did for you,
4: yeah, is what you did. It's for my Roy. job. That and was I my love job. That. I love yeah. how
3: it came full circle. There. Yeah,
4: and I played with really good safeties. We mentioned James Washington, Thomas Everett, right? And T. And I thought T, was. T. Came in. No, Brock Marion. Oh yeah. Look, let me tell you what. I'll, I'll tell you one thing about Brock Marion. Brock Marion was, you know, I was tasked to always cover the slot receiver or the best tight end. Hands down as a safety, right? So third down, come on. If, it, we, if we were playing Tony Gonzalez, hey, they, that's your guy. You got him. Shannon Sharp, you got him. Uh, whoever the, the slot guy is, if it's Steve Smith, Jerry Rice, hey, that's that's my deal, right? And I can't tell you, when we played man-to-man, Brock, Brock could absolutely cover. Mm-hmm. He wasn't just a middle of the field guy. He could he could line up and play cornerback. I mean, he was that talented. And we didn't have guys like that. It was just me. And then I never really played with a safety that could do those things. Brock could do those things, and it made things so much easier. So if Jerry Rice motioned over, I just let him motion over to Brock. Yeah, and I went to the middle of the field, which was which I appreciated. Roy was different. Yeah. Roy was probably the biggest hitter I've ever been around. I, I don't know if I've ever seen anyone hit and with the power and the force uh, like Roy Williams. And I always felt like I was a big hitter yeah. until he showed up and I was like, holy cow, <laughs> he's knocking people out of their socks. Yeah. Like Even at practice, like you had to tell them to calm down at practice and chill that's, out. That's, yeah. But he was that type of force, and he intimidated the running backs and – and guys, uh, tight ends or, or wide receivers running across the middle, he because he sat in the middle of the field, not deep but shallow with crossing routes, and he man, he would deplete you uh, when he played. But he was he was a tremendous football player. He was great to play with. At the same time, uh, he was a sponge. Man, he just wanted to listen and learn uh, through the whole time. And and uh, you know, I wish you know, look. I think one of the things about Roy that was one of my regrets was that when I went down and I got hurt. I think it it took something away from from his progress because I I saw him progressing um, mm. in a tremendous fashion as far as you know being a top flight safety and I think he was on the cusp of really going to the next level but when I went down they tasked him to do a lot more other things and it was just a lot it was he had to carry right a, a, a huge load and a huge burden and you know that was you know that sucked because. You know, he was my boy, man. He was my baby, right? And I was raising him up that way, so I'm still get a little emotional about him because he he was he was and is still that special of a person and a, and a, and a player. Yeah,
3: we got to do a documentary on him. Yeah. a few years ago, it's one of my favorite ones that we've done just because of how accessible he was, mm-hmm. and uh, he he. I remember him just saying, "You guys do it, whatever, however you want to do yeah. it." You know. Yeah, and uh, and him and I actually we we went sideways a couple of times while he was a player here, mm-hmm. uh, but to be able to do that full circle and that was it was awesome. Dude, he
4: would give you anything. Yeah, he'd give you the shirt off his back. I don't care who you were, if you showed up and you and you were in need, man, the biggest biggest heart to the point I used to tell him as his mentor, hey man, stop. Yeah. Stop giving everything away.
3: Well he's good he'd be giving away a lot of money if he yeah. played in today's game. Yeah he would. All right, let's go. let me get a couple, two more calls real quick before Darren's gotta leave. Jeff in North Carolina. What's going on Nick? What's up man? Man, can
6: I, I believe guy. I'm on the phone with Darren Woodson, What's up, man. Jeff? How are, the, are you, bro? One of the greatest, greatest safeties ever wear the star. Man, I, I can't believe. I told Chris, I can't believe I got through to talk to you. You got it. But
4: you how you it, doing, dude. man? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Oh,
6: I'm doing good. I'm real doing real good now. He makes me <laughs> smile every time he
3: calls. I just can't stop you got smiling. That
6: energy,
4: bro. man. Yeah, he's the good it. energy.
3: Yeah.
6: <laughs> yeah, me and Nick, man, we've been we we've, we've been going back and forth over this thing the last few weeks trying to figure out. <laughs> what we can do to, so, solve, it, the to, to and, solve the world problems? <laughs> here.
3: <laughs>
6: <Yeah>. <laughs> let, me, let me ask you something because sometimes I I can't articulate what a what I what I'm trying to mean, and uh, I heard something last week. Troy said about about getting in the playoffs, and maybe the they, the players because of how bright the star is, how tough it is to play down there. Maybe they lose. They could lose their
4: edge a little bit, and I was going to see what you had to say about that. Uh, look, I, I, I'm I'm a firm believer. You don't lose a game on Sundays. I, I just don't believe that. I don't believe that mm-hmm. you show up and it's too bright. It's too bright for you. These guys have been playing all their lives. Like this is nothing new to to Micah Parsons and and the CD Lambs. They've been playing at the highest of highest levels all their life. And right. and the other team, you know, it's the same way. The other team isn't playing at this level as well. So it's not it's not I, the nerves is not. I, I don't believe in the fact. Yeah, you can be a little nervous, that you get over it after the first hit and you move on. Here's the deal: you are who you are. We've heard this so many times from coaches like Bill Parcells, right? So when you're in training camp and you when you're playing a certain way and you're going through the preseason and, you're, and, and you you know you're doing your thing, and then you get into the regular season and it's week six. Then week 10, and you're doing the exact same thing. You're leading the league in penalties. That is not going to change all of a sudden. It's not like you you turn on the light switch and go, oh, okay, now we're different. No, no, that's who you are. That is right. who you are. And when you play it all season long and you haven't stopped a run against the Buffalo Bills or oh, the Arizona Cardinals, first of all, uh the Buffalo Bills, the uh the Niners, when you when you haven't stopped a run, that's who you are. And it's only right. a matter of time until you get into the playoffs. You play another good team like the Green Bay Packers and Jones runs the ball down your throat. That's right. It, it is what it is. So I I, I just hate the you know hear this whole well you can change at any time and you can do this you can turn you can't turn that light switch on and, and it starts early like, on.
6: I did like yesterday. I finally when I finally heard that Micah spoke yesterday and and I was glad to hear that finally he come out and he said look that was embarrassing and unacceptable and I've been waiting to hear a player say that because it was and uh, so hopefully that maybe they're getting to that mental part and maybe knowing that they have to, you know, they have to be ready to play all the time. So, yeah. But, uh,
4: hey, Jeff, that starts now, though. Like, that that, that all I, starts, like, this offseason, Micah just said that. It starts now. Like, you want, want, want to really burn hot, like really burn hot and let it really, you know, burn in your heart is when you start to do things about it, right? So, yeah, you can say right. that, but at the same time, now it's time for Micah and the rest of the guys who are the leaders of this team to step up and say, okay, this offseason, we're going to eliminate some of the mistakes that we made. We're going to actually turn the film on from last year. And, and Mike Zimmer did this to us in 94, I think it was. He did it to me personally. He took a note of all the bad plays I had, really? every bad play that I had, and then put it on film, and I had to watch it. And it sucked, dude. I mean, it I didn't sleep for five straight days, but it made
6: you a better player, but it
4: made me a better football player because I was able to see the warts and I did the entire off season. All I did was work on those warts.
3: And, you know, that's what Dak, and that's what McCarthy did with Dak. You know, this year, they they went through every interception from the year before. Yeah, you know, and and yes, I understand what happened in the Packer game, but we all know Dak had a better season last year. He did did have a bounce back year and, and all that. Well, thanks. Thanks for the call, Jeff. Appreciate that. We got to move uh, one more caller here before we got to let uh, Darren go. Ray in Michigan.
0: Yeah. What's up, hey, Ray? Nick. How you doing? Hey, great. First time caller. All right.
4: Here so we
0: go- I'm doing good, and, and I love it when you bring Darren
4: on. Sorry. Hey, Ray. Nice to meet you, Ray. a
0: pleasure to meet you. I want to thank you for your legacy. Um, I'm 52 years old, so I mean you know, I experienced it in my 20s, and uh, you know I just want to thank you. I know in a week, a week from today, you will be. The newest member of the twenty-four class, um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to congratulate you ahead of time because mm-hmm. I, I know I feel you're a lock. You should you should have been in years ago, and uh, I will see you in Canton. Thank <laughs> you. I go, I, I go to all of the enshrinements. Oh
4: ah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yes,
0: so I, I can't wait, and I'm I'm, I'm uh, got my hands together for you. So um, I want to thank you, and uh, also I, um, you know, through this twenty-eight year drought. Um the source of my contentment is my Game worn jersey collection and I collect the nineties. And I'm lucky enough to have one of yours and um it's in a way nineteen ninety four. You wore it against Arizona and Washington. Mm-hmm. But so that so I will have that on my back and I never wear jerseys, but I will it's definitely have that it. on my back in Kansas. Scored and, a touchdown uh, against
4: Washington? I did. Ninety four. I don't know if it was ninety four. Yeah. I can't. It was
0: remember. the yeah. it was the Apex jersey. The Apex, Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. before uh, you had double star that year. Um mm-hmm. uh, but this was the blue away. So anyways, thank you for everything and um it it's gonna be great to see you in the Hall of Fame. Well my so, I guess I guess my question is um you know, I I didn't I just wanted to thank you really. Um but my question is uh what what was it like playing like on special teams your rookie year uh, before you cracked the starting lineup um, the following year? What was it like playing like with Kenny Gantt yeah, and Bill Bates? Yeah. You know, the, you know, what did you learn from those guys on special teams? Cause oh, you man. were phenomenal.
4: Yeah, dude. I mean, B- Bill Bates. I I, I, I remember grew up growing up and watching Bill Bates on yeah. TV and and being a special teams ace, uh, and then I get here and I get to meet Bill but also got to met uh, meet the shark yeah. uh Kenny Gant and Gantt, as great as a special teams player as he was. I mean, he was phenomenal, man. He run through the the wedge. He made, you know, huge plays on special teams and in the nickel uh at the same time, but Gant was the, Kenny Gant was the guy that kept everything loose. Like I I can tell you before games, we were in the locker room the biggest games, NFC Championship games, and he's cutting up, making yeah. us laugh, man. He just kept us loose all the time. And then when he got out in the field, man, he'd, <laughs> he'd be smiling running down on kickoff. Like, <laughs> he just, had this, just joy for the game and his energy for the game. And he made it fun for me. I mean, yeah. he, he really did. He He kept it loose. Um, I mean to answer that question look I don't know if I ever came off out of special teams like, no. I played special teams no. my entire yeah that's what made you my so great. My entire kickoff kickoff return my first year I, I played all four of my first year uh got off the kickoff return team uh my second year uh, but I played the punt punt return and uh what else uh and kickoff team uh for 13 years and a lot of people don't realize that i'm second all time in leading tackles for in special teams
3: wow and and, that's a lot of special teams brother yeah and and that's not gonna change because no one's getting special teams tackles and
4: trust me i think i would have played a couple more years if i wasn't playing all those special teams i would have some more life in me i
3: know i know we gotta let you go a couple of the callers have, have talked about the hall of fame Tell us what, what happens this week. You're going out to
4: Vegas. Yeah, I go out to Vegas uh, next week, next Tuesday, and we'll find out by yeah. Wednesday or thir- Thursday of next week, somewhere okay. in there. And and, and and if it happens, man, I'm i will be I'll be a happy man. But if it, it doesn't, man, I can't. You know, yeah, look. It, it, We'll circle the we'll circle it one more time, right? Well, we'll come back around, and
3: I'm gonna be there on Thursday. I'm going I'm going to Vegas on Thursday. Yeah, and uh, it's gonna be a good time. And if that happens, I'm gonna find you, and I I can't wait for that just to see what what that's gonna be like. And, I appreciate So that. deserving. Uh, but like you said, you know, if it's not this year, then wherever the Super Bowl is next year, that's where I'm yeah, gonna so we're be. Going. So yeah, we yeah. either way. Either way. All right, thanks. We're going to take a break here real quick. I know there's some people on the line. Uh, sorry that you, you got, didn't get a chance to talk to Darren this time, but really appreciate you coming by. Good luck to you next week, and uh, Darren, we'll see you next time you come around. All
4: right, sounds good, bro. All
3: right, we'll go we'll be right back here on Cowboy Story.
2: Gary Nice.
3: <laughs>
2: a location near you back Back to Cowboys storyline
3: all right welcome back to Cowboys storyline it's been a while since we've taken a break on here uh had to had to let darren go uh darren woodson was here uh if you just just joined us um feel bad for the callers that, that tried to get through and couldn't uh he's he was running to a meeting so uh, we love having uh, Darren on. Some great insight, great stories that he told uh, as well. We'll see uh, if uh, we can call him Hall of Fame or Darren Woodson after uh, next week. So a week from today actually um, will be the, the announcement on uh, NFL Honors. Um, maybe Darren might find out a little bit earlier in the day. He's going to be there. Uh, I'll be there. Uh, so that that means we will not have a show uh, next Thursday. Just going to have one next week on uh, Cowboys storyline uh, on Tuesday, uh, one o'clock. Oh, we will not have two uh, next week. Um, all right. Let's get back to the phone lines. Josh in Chicago is next.
8: Hey, Nick. Long time. No talk. How you doing?
3: All right. First first time caller.
8: No, I've called. I think this is my third or fourth. Time
3: well, calling. let's do it anyways for Ray in Michigan because we. we Here you go. There we go. This is for you and for Ray. So awesome. Yeah. How you doing, Josh?
8: Not too bad. How are you doing? I'm great. A little bummed that he didn't get to talk to Woody, but uh, I, I hope he gets into the hall. He's, uh, you know, I'm praying for him. He's an awesome guy. Yeah. Uh, on and off the field, so really yeah. hope he gets there.
3: Yeah, for sure. For sure.
8: So uh, yeah, I'll, uh, I've been trying to call for a couple of weeks even with the time change. I hope that you're still getting a lot of calls. I'm here till the wheels fall off man.
3: All right. All right. Yeah, we we're doing good. We're doing pretty good with the with the time change. And a lot of the same same callers. We got a few first timers, but you know, they, they 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 follow us. So, which is great.
8: Yeah. The one thing that I'll say is, you know, I'm I'm a bit bummed to see Dan Quinn go to somewhere in the division, but I do think the change will be good. I really hope that this team can uh can just improve on its penalties next season. I think that that's you know we talk about the run defense a lot, but I think that there's been penalties that put them behind the chains, and that's something that starts with the head coach in my eyes, and Mike's got to do better at.
3: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, it, the the players have to, you know, it's it's on the players too, but but yeah, I mean, it all funnels up to the head coach as well, and uh, and 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 the GM and, and owner. I mean, that's because the players that you put out there, you know, some, some, some of the guys are repeat offenders here. And like, so, you know, at some point, are they worth it? You have to figure that out. Are they worth it? Are they good enough when they're actually making plays to offset all of the penalties? And if they're not move on, Kelvin Joseph Mm -hmm. was another guy like that. I mean, just playing on special teams causing getting a lot of penalties, they had to get rid of them, you know? And so, and there, there may be others on the team yeah, like, I
8: like that as well yeah i like having sam williams around but i mean the impact right is what you're saying and i mean yeah, his impact as a way that, for the penalties is what yeah. they worth or better
3: yeah after the call I'll, I'll i'll have a point about sam williams as well do you have anything else josh
8: Yeah. So i actually was going to ask woody uh but uh since i didn't get to i was going to ask him if he has any nate Newton stories i don't <sighs> know if you might have any uh well wow. but I'm sure you got
3: a Well, my stories aren't the same as Nate. Yeah, I've got plenty of Nate stories, but I, I should wait till he comes back. I, I'll, I'll get him on here again. Uh, but yeah, Nate. It was just funny. Like I had some Nate stories before I even started working here. You know, he uh, uh, he still he pushed me on the sidelines. My very first year, I wasn't with the Cowboys yet. Uh, my very first year, but that was I was in the media and I was probably weighing like 150 pounds. Seriously. And Nate just Nate was a pulling guard on a goal line play and just ran. And I was nowhere near him. He was about, you know, two yards this way. It, but he went right next to me and just decided to just shove me for no reason. I think he just said, if I'm going to run 30, 40 yards, I'm going to hit someone. And uh, he just, you know, and him just shoving me, I mean, I almost fell down. You know, I was, I'll never forget that. I don't know why. I don't know why Nate had to do that. But, uh, yeah. So, Anyways. Uh we we've we've definitely uh had some great stories back and forth, but not not as like what you know, Woody had, of course. Um different different stories there with him. So anyways, thanks well,
8: thanks for taking my call. Yeah,
3: thanks for the call, Josh. Appreciate that. All right, let's go uh I was gonna say something about Sam Williams. Um where you know a lot of people kinda have that opinion, like hey, if he's just gonna play special teams and he's gonna have penalties, is it worth it? And 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 that's fair. The part that that could be something to watch now is look at the free agents that are out there now on, on your un, unrestricted free agents. You've got Dorrance Armstrong, you've got Dante Fowler. Fowler's one guy that did play for him, um, for Dan Quinn in, in Atlanta and in Dallas. Um, Dorrance Armstrong's best best career best years of his career have been here with Dan Quinn. So um, could be situations where these guys maybe maybe they leave maybe the cowboys can't re-sign them both or e- any of them and that's where you've got a third year player in Sam Williams that you know maybe it's time for him to to you know the light bulb to come on and and to turn the corner and play a lot more so um the, you know and that's that's the cycle of how things are supposed to go you draft the guy in the second round by his third year you, you need to be starting and so i think that you know they may give him that opportunity to do that but it's it's hold your breath with him because you know like we've seen there have been uh, certainly been some some penalties issues with him. All right, let's go to Sebastian and Savannah. Sebastian, you're next.
9: Good afternoon. I hope you guys have having a brilliant year so far. We're up to February now. That's so right. listen, I'm gonna sum this whole season up in the most beautiful way possible. Remember when you were a kid and your parents were telling you they're going to take you across the country to like an amusement park and you're all excited and that's training camp and you're like looking at all the rides on the schedule and you're like, oh man, this is going to be great. And you're like, I'm going to save the best ride for last, right? You get to the amusement park, you're having a good, some of the rides are good, some of the rides are bad, some of the rides are terrible. But then you get to that big ride and you're like, yes, I've been waiting all day long. I've been in line for over an hour. And you get on that ride And the people coming off the ride before you're crying and throwing up, and you're like, ah, they're soft. I'll be great. Then you get on there, and it's a great ride, and it starts, and you get to the first loop, and someone spills their coffee on the machine, and you get stuck in that loop for two and a half hours, and you're miserable. And people are crying and throwing up, and they're upset, and your head is banging because you're upside down. And then they finally fix the machine, right? And you start to finish the rest of the ride, but at that point, you're so tired and just exasperated, you just want to go home. And that was the end of the season. And it's unfortunate, and it sucks because it sounds like we're losing Dan Quinn and stuff like that. And I really had a question for uh, Mr. Woodson as well. But that was basically the season. We had all these great rides. Jimmy Johnson getting into the Ring of Honor finally. And then you get to the final ride that you've been waiting on the entire time, and it stunk. And not for reasons that you could ever even figure out ahead of time. You know, I look at that last week, seventeen game against uh, week seventeen, yeah, week seventeen game against Washington. When he dove for the play, I'm talking about uh, Gilmore, yeah. and I was like, you didn't have to do that. Yeah, I I literally was like, why? You don't you did not have to do that. And you knew he was hurt from the way that he got. He was sitting down there. And I was like, he there was no reason for us to do that. We had the lead. You didn't have to sell out for that play. That's something that you do maybe in the playoffs. I think had he been fully healthy, our defense may have looked a little better. I don't know if we would have stopped him or if it would have changed anything, but I think we would have looked better, and the play calling would have been a little bit better. Injuries definitely robbed some of the defense. So I don't put 100% of the the bad defensive calls and playing on Dan Quinn. you got to go out there and execute. So going forward, if Dan's not there, I don't know if that's 100% confirmed or not that he's going to the commanders, but if he's not there, is the experiment of having safeties play linebackers, and linebackers do whatever, play defensive lineman. Over, are we going to have safeties and we're going to have linebackers for this next generation? Is that something that you think we need to look at going forward? Yes. Before I leave, I loved all the shows. You guys did an amazing job keeping our spirits high this season. This has been one of the coolest shows ever to call in and talk to Wood- Rod Woodson and Nate Newtons on the show and stuff like that. But to hear the fans, Rob and Vegas and everybody, all the young women and men who called, love you guys. Shout out to everybody. It's going to be all right, yeah. All
3: right. We're going to be fine. Have a great day. All right. Thanks, Sebastian. I I, I had a hard time keeping up with the, with, you know, I, I love analogies. I mean, as much as the next one, uh, but man, I, I, I was, I was struggling there. You know, not, not that I'm a, not that I've been on a ton of roller coasters myself, but I mean, stuck in it for a couple hours. I mean, that's sounds kind of traumatic actually. So I, I don't know. Uh, I get the point though. I think uh, just, just, you know, all the build up and then boom, over. Off season. Now we're doing a draft show. Just like that. I mean, we we should be we should all we all thought we had there was a chance to go to Vegas for the Super Bowl and it just didn't didn't happen. Um as for the question about the linebackers, safety, you know, who knows, you know, what's gonna happen here with the defensive coordinator, new new coordinator, new scheme, um, you, you'd hope. Um and so as much as I like Dan Quinn, and and I and, and last couple of years I didn't, you know, I didn't want to see him leave. You know, now I, I, I they have to make some changes. You have to have some things that you, you want to be excited about. And uh, I think I whoever the coordinator is, I, I there needs to be a little bit more of an emphasis on the run. It has to be. And and I think you know, anytime you 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 do mismatches, it's a mismatch for a reason. It's a mismatch both ways. In the NBA if you played five guards, you're probably going to get the ball up the court and pass it around and probably get some open shots, but if you miss, you're not getting the rebound, you know? So so just because of the mismatch on one end and not the other. So if you play undersized linebackers, yeah, they can fly around the ball maybe and and and, and chase it and 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 you know, make some plays. But but when it gets hat on a hat and their guys are bigger than you, Look what happens. So I I do think that whoever the coordinator is needs to be be a little bit more emphasis on the run. And with that, probably means bigger linebackers. All right, let's go to uh, Bill in New Haven, Connecticut.
7: Hey, Nick. How you doing, buddy? Good, Bill. How are you? Good, man. Thanks. Hey, I just want to touch uh, real quickly on the things Jerry said yesterday. Because I think there's a misconception. As fans, we hear all in, right? And we think, oh, wow. They're going to go out. They're going to get Chris Jones. They're going to get this guy or this guy. But if you really listen to what Jerry said, his definition of all in, and he mentioned these three players several times, and it was Lambs, Parsons, and Prescott. I think his definition of all in is an all in financial commitment to keeping those players that they drafted and they built the roster up. So I just think that the fans need to prepare themselves for when they hear all in, it's easy right now to say, oh yeah, things are going to be different this year. We're going to go out and we're going to be players before week three in free agency. But I just don't think that's what he means by all in. And I think there's a huge disconnect by between what the franchise thinks all in is and what we as fans think all in well, is. And you Go and ahead. I'm sorry to no, keep going. talk over keep going. Keep I was going. going to say, you've hit on it. This They think they're close. Whether we agree with it, whether you agree with it, it doesn't matter. They do think they're close. And that's what makes it frustrating by them kind of saying two things at the same time. Well, we're close, but we're not going all in. But I just think what it comes down to is there's a huge disconnect between – they're all in, which is a financial commitment of being all in, and what we as fans want to see well, as being all in. Let's
3: break it down because, I mean, the, the term all in, we know what, what, what it's uh, referencing, right? Uh, you, you play poker?
7: Yeah, okay. of course.
3: What does all in mean? It means you're pushing <laughs> all of your chips in for this hand. All of them are in. Everything I've got is going to the middle. And I think... I don't know this Jerry might be looking at it from a salary cap standpoint going for me to pay Dak for me to pay Micah and for me to pay CD that might be all my chips okay. um, right I mean that's you know he's thinking from from that you name know, will, will it be all no probably not but it's gonna be a lot and so I think that's that might be what he's thinking and I, I'm not I'm not saying you know he's right or wrong or whatever and I you, you're exactly right Um because you're all in is 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 getting those those free agents that you're talking about, all all the top ones at, at each position that you need, and just right. trading next year's you know next year's number one for somebody like that. That to me is all in. I'm gonna trade exactly. next year's one for for a guy right, that'll right. help me right now.
7: See, I, see, and I think quickly. I know you got to go. I think they think all in, and listen, they made the trade for Gilmore. They made the trade for Cooks. Good trades. But there were trades at their price for players that were pro bowlers. Right. When we speak about game changers, we're talking about going and getting players that uh. actually are still all pros or pro bowlers. And, and that's the difference. And uh, quickly, with the thing with the, that just happened today with Quinn, it's hard to preach continuity, which I was okay with bringing McCarthy back, when the entire half of the coaching staff – of the building not the entire i'm being hyperbolic but a lot of coaches are leaving so there's not a lot of continuity coming back why do you, you think you have have wh-
3: why do you think they're leaving
7: uh, you're right i don't but i just think based on things that i've read uh, quotes from uh al harris from the past in the relationship with joe witt and in quinn that there's a high potential them for them to leave okay so it if you're going to say, "Hey, we, we, we want to build on what we have," which is fine, more than fair, you've been 12 and five for three straight years, you should also have the foresight to also realize, and I'm sure they do, that you might lose half of your staff as well. So it kind of takes the legs out on the continuity argument.
3: Okay, thanks for the call, Bill. Appreciate it. good, good stuff uh, there. Let, let me let me just throw out a couple of things about the NFL rules when in, in terms of that, um, the the coaches. Every coach on the staff, other than receivers coach Robert Prince, is under contract. So, according to the NFL rules, the only two positions that, whether you have a contract or not, the only two coaching positions that you have to let them uh, uh, leave for is a head coach and a defensive and a coordinator, and an offense, defense, or special teams coordinator. So, Dan Quinn is the new coach, uh, will be the new coach of Washington Commanders, and I believe he could take one guy with him to be his coordinator. But he can't take more than that because they're all under contract. Uh, They can ask for permission, and if the Cowboys wanted to make a change there and wanted to let a guy out of his contract or whatever, they can do that. Um, So I'm not saying that it will only be one. But if the Cowboys are like, no, no, we're not letting you take everybody over there, they don't have to. Um, It's not, and it's nothing about a promotion from one spot to another. It's to be a coordinator, and I think the NFL's gotten they understand all the cute titles of passing game, run game coordinator, assistant head coach, all this kind of stuff. No, you you either you're a coordinator or that's it. So I I don't think the Cowboys, if, if they don't want to. They they can hold on to uh, all but but at least one of their defensive coaches if that's what Dan Quinn is trying to do. All right, uh, Dylan in Northport, Florida. Hey,
10: Nick, how's it going? Good. How are you doing? Good. Y'all threw me for a loop today. I tried calling in at one fifty five. I guess it'd be twelve fifty five your time, but it was already busy. I'm like, why these guys are eager today to get in here? And uh, I turn it on, and y'all are already halfway into this thing.
9: (laughs)
3: I'm sorry. We did. I did put it out on Twitter. Uh, or or X, whatever it's called, um, yeah, a couple yeah. times, but yeah, yeah, and I, and I announced it last in the last show as well. So yeah, I figured that yeah. would happen though to some. You know, people have lives. You know, they don't just
10: yeah. I'm not a great listener, so there you go. I got to work on my listening skills. <laughs> <laughs> um, I Actually, I want to talk about the same thing that last guy was talking about. It's funny he mentioned that about uh, Jerry. I I think I see it a bit differently because Jerry specifically said they're not building for the future. So, and and Jerry's not getting any younger here, let's be real, right? So I don't know how much he's got left in the tank, hopefully a lot more. um, But, you know, whatever, we'll see. But he specifically said he's not building for the future. So to me, that means there are some deals that will probably get done, like a DAC extension. But some of these deals are going to free up cap space that also allows you to then pursue these all-pro guys or these high-priced free agents. So I feel like, and I get why people don't, Trust Jerry. We haven't won anything since the dinosaurs roamed the earth, and you know he he talks lots and lots of things. So I get why people aren't necessarily willing to jump in and and trust him until they see it. But I just have this feeling that, especially if we see a DAC extension, I feel like they may go after a a high-end defensive tackle, maybe a linebacker, a running back for sure. And maybe a center or a certain combination of those things. So that's what I'm expecting, and I think the chips will fall once that DAC extension is is completed. So yeah, I just want to get your thoughts on that.
3: I agree. I mean, I think I think the the DAC extension, if that if that happens, that, that's going to be the, that's going to be like the first domino in in a lot of things. And if it doesn't happen, and they're just going to go off of one year for for DAC, you know, with, at at this 59 million. Uh, price tag, then I think that that kind of would, would symbol a lot of things of what of where they they're thinking here uh, you know moving forward, and maybe this is just a one year thing. Same with McCarthy and all that. So I think if you're going to be players and really give everybody a chance to do something, then they're probably going to have to extend Dak. Uh, that's why this is a tough situation because they they have Dak does have a lot more leverage here um, in, in in this in, in this situation. So
10: yeah. No doubt. No doubt. And then, uh, before I go, um, I guess toss you a little bomb here and then take off, um, Jesse Holly, what he said about Micah. I just want to get your thoughts on that. And, uh, his comments on Micah, maybe not being committed to uh, play linebacker because I want to put in the work or whatever he said. I'm not sure if you heard that or not, but yeah. Yeah. I think we <laughs> all heard that.
3: Talk on that. Yeah. My, think uh, Micah's mom heard that. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, it, it, it happened. Okay. Thanks for the call. Um, I don't think my I don't think Jesse talked about it on yesterday's show. Um, Chris, did you you listen? Did they talk about it yesterday? Chris Bean, is he on the phone? You no, know, they did not talk about. It. Well, if Jesse's no. not talking about it on his show, I'm not going to talk about it as well. Um, let me, Let me just give my thoughts on on Micah Parsons from from what I see because I mean that's the thing. Like it's we we're in the locker room uh, some, you know. I mean for. Few minutes there, you know, three times a week or so, and and we hear some stuff, and and it, we, we you can kind of tell. I mean, I, I've seen it. You can tell that Micah Micah's mindset is different than than some other players. It, it really is. Um, just just from what I've observed, I mean, he he wants to win. Uh, he wants to play well. He wants to play well. He. I mean, when he doesn't, and they're and the team wins, um, I've seen him kind of upset about. The way he played, or the way you know, even though the the team won, um, he holds himself to the highest standard. There, if, if that's if that's considered selfish or whatever, then then maybe at times he is. But that's not always a bad word. That that word in, in life isn't always bad because sometimes if you're not looking out for yourself, who will? Um, so again, I, I it's it's hard to judge a player like that because um, he, he's unique. He's unique in his own way, and and the players know it too. I've seen it. I've, after a Giants game uh, last season, they had seven sacks. He didn't have one, and they, and they were kind of joking with him. The players were that you know Mike's gonna be mad now. You know everyone got a sack. He didn't, even though we all know that probably he he was the reason for most of those sacks just by, just his presence alone. So um, I, you know, I, I'm trying to to you know I I read what what Micah's mom said about him and and you know and it sounded just like what a mom would say about her son i uh, i I just think he's he's probably misunderstood a little bit um he he definitely wants to win he definitely wants to to be the reason why they win and and, and like I said he holds himself to the highest of standards and so um you know I, I'm gonna try to give him the benefit of the doubt a little bit on on that and and see see what happens I mean he's he's kind of said he's committed to To make it, you know, to, to turning this thing around and, and, and getting even better next year, and um, you know, I mean, I it's it's an old it's not old school. That's the thing. Mike is not old school. He's not. I mean, he's he's he plays. You know, uh, I mean, he's he, he's got his own podcast, and he says a lot of things on there, and he says things that you know some of the old school players didn't say because it's just a different era. It is what it is. But um, I know this that that when it's third and nine. Um, you know, if you can get to that point, there's nobody in the NFL I'd rather have rushing the pastor than than Micah Parsons. And I think a lot of fans kind of feel the same way. Uh, you know, he's he's got, like all of us, you know, he's got maturing to do that, that most young players do. And uh, I think he's going to be doing that with the Dallas Cowboys for a long time. So uh, I don't know if that answered the question or not, but that's just my take on on what I see from, from Micah. And, um, you know, I think he'll... You know, if he, I think he'll be committed to to being even a better player uh, this next year, and if that's that's the case, that's not good for for left tackles and right tackles trying to trying to block him. So, all right, let's go. Um, let's go to James in New Jersey.
1: What's up, Nick? What's up? Uh, you know, following on that statement you just said about Michael getting to the quarterback on third down. If he really wants the kind of money he thinks he wants, he's going to get as a defensive end, because he obviously doesn't want to play linebacker, doesn't think so, doesn't seem like it. Yeah. He should maybe play a little harder against the run as well. In other words, the defensive end does both jobs. At this point, he's just a pass rusher. So if he wants to come on down the field just on third down, then he's not going to get paid the 12 to $15 million a year to be a real good defensive end. Okay, now that's as far as he's concerned, I don't understand where the leadership is going to come from when your best defensive player is saying stuff like, I'm okay with it, or I'm at peace. You, that would, that, you would never hear somebody like a Kobe Bryant or a Michael Jordan say, to say like to that. To say what? That what, would what, never happen. Wait, what was the statement? He said, he said, I'm at peace. Okay. He, that, that's what he said, I'm at peace. No, you should never be at peace with losing if you're going to be a superstar and will to be a leader of your team because you're not giving a good message to the rest of your team. Mm. And, you know, I, because if it doesn't come from here, from him, I have no idea where the leadership is going to come from on defense, because he's your best player on defense. Yeah. So that's why, yes, that's not a good situation. The optics are not good. He needs to watch what comes out of his mouth, because people can take it wrong. So he has to be more careful. He's going to be the leader of this defense. He has to be more cognizant of what's coming out of his mouth because it's too easy for all of us to take it the wrong way. So he needs to be very clear of what he's saying and make sure that he's not tossing anything else in the bus. Not yet, but make sure that we're clear that that is not the case and that he's willing to, like he wants the owners to do, go all in when he's on the field as well. And speaking of going all in, if we're going on in this season, then they need to find a way to make a deal with Dak to maybe cut that um, salary cap hit in half, hopefully, with the multiple-year extension. And then you get um, some, uh, a linebacker, the gentleman from uh, – I'm sorry, I can't remember the names. Oh, uh, from um, the Ravens. Okay. Uh, they have the linebackers, and, and – um, uh they, uh Jones from the Chiefs, he's a free agent. If you're going all in, because you gotta get you know, and and maybe Barkley from the Giants, the the running back. If you're going all in, let's yeah. go all in. Because, you know, we wanna win the championship and you're gonna afterwards we're gonna have a rough couple of years afterwards, but it won't make it won't be any, it won't be you know, it won't make a difference after that point once we win the championship after not winning one for thirty years.
3: All right. All right. Well, thanks for the call, James. I'll say this, though. If if, you know, fans just just don't have selective memory. OK, I'm like, if just just remember the way you know what you're thinking now, if that's what you want, if you want. Hey, I hope they do. Um, if that's the mentality is, is that you want them to extend Dak to cut his salary cap charge this year down significantly so you can go and get some of those players then just remember that that then if it doesn't work out next year and and then he's still a free agent and now you know i mean, I mean he's not a free agent he's still under contract and, and now the, the 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 cap charge is way higher and it's like what what are the cowboys doing why 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 do they they, they still invest in this guy it's because of of this scenario right now for this year so if if they're going to do this, then that means he's the guy, and you got to be okay with that, you know. So if not, then he's going to count 59 million, and he's gonna they're going to try to win somehow, some way with 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 what they have, and they're going to draft players and play them because that that's probably they're not going to have a lot of other options, and they're going to have a younger team and and try to try to win that that way, and then if it, then it doesn't work out, then then probably next year. If it doesn't work out this year, then I'm sure there'll be a different coach and a different quarterback, and and then you, you're basically starting over. So, um, you know, just just remember what you're asking for. If you really want them to go all in, then some of the steps that it's going to take to do that is is probably going to mean that, you know, your quarterback's going to be here for a little bit. All right, let's go to uh, David in Chicago.
2: Yes, sir. How you doing today, Nick?
3: Good, man. How are you?
2: Doing good. How about them Cowboys?
3: All right. How about them?
2: I've been How a huge fan since
3: cowboy? the 90s. There you go. We had, we had to get Jimmy in there, too.
2: Absolutely. Here we go. I love it when you drop that, too. Is this your first but, um, Is this your first call? Yes, sir. Well, then, I've guess what? Yeah. <laughs> I've been a huge fan of the Cowboys since the 90s. I'm from Chicago, so you can imagine what I've had to deal with. Sure. <laughs> but um, I was calling because of the Dan Quinn information that just came about about the Washington football team. Mm-hmm. I see this as the perfect opportunity, and I'm not really seeing a lot of Cowboys fans discussing this. Why don't we change the scheme now to a 3-4, put Micah Parsons at right outside linebacker. This will give us an extra big body in the middle to stop the run. And in my opinion, it is the best thing to do for this last year of McCarthy because then you can go look for your next head coach based upon the 3-4 scheme. Because what I'm seeing is the offense – They're producing numbers, no matter who the coordinator is, it feels like. We've seen so many guys come in. Even Jason Garrett produced some good numbers before with Romo and Dak. But what I see is the defense is the real issue when the rubber meets the road. So my call is basically centered around, Would you be open to a 3-4 defense, going back to those Wade Phillips days? Because I remember DeMarcus Ware in that 3-4. He was a terror. He went to the Denver Broncos, got to play in the 3-4 again, won a Super Bowl. Now, of course, he had a Hall of Famer on the other side as well, Mm -hmm. at the left outside linebacker, but... I really do believe DeMarcus Lawrence can play left-outside linebacker, and in certain packages we could always still do the nickel with the four-down linemen. But I think it's smart to just switch to a base 3-4 just because we cannot stop the run to save our lives. Thank you so much for right. taking my call. All
3: right, good thinking. Um, I think Chris and I talked about that just today, about you know would it be possible to the 3-4. And, and, and you mentioned DeMarcus Ware, and you mentioned Micah Parsons. Yes, those guys could be you could make them an outside linebacker in the 3-4 today. I mean, easy. It's not so much about that to me as it is the other lineman. Who do you have the defensive ends that are really defensive tackles? Do you have those guys? You know, do you have two inside linebackers that can step up and make those plays? Do you have a nose tackle? You know, you'd have to probably sign Hankins for that um and you know uh, does osa fit into that you know is he is he a a a three four guy could he fit perhaps you know i mean i I think i think great football players can be great football players one thing that's always kind of annoyed me when they're like no we can't sign this guy he's not he's not a scheme fit you know like like the honey badger like tyron matthews the one always comes to mind like nope doesn't fit the scheme i'm like well He's a badass in like four other schemes. So why can't we just change the scheme? You know, like I know it's it's different than that, but sometimes I think if you I, I think great players can can fit into a scheme. Okay. And so um, I, I think there's other other pieces there. I, I don't necessarily see them switching to a three-four unless they're committed over over time, you know. And and that's the thing. Bill Parcell's tried to do that in over a couple of years. He started in 2005 and he was going to do it for a couple of years. But what happened was is they drafted Ware, they drafted Spears, then they drafted Kevin Burnett, and then later on they drafted Chris Caney and Jay Ratliff. And so, in one draft. So, I mean, we used to do a documentary on that. Uh, we did. Um, but all of those guys in one draft, and now they're all of a sudden like, no, we can play three, four right now. We have the pieces in place. So, if if they can do that um i i don't necessarily see it happening in in one year but it might be kind of a a commitment that you can go to and i yeah i think micah parsons can do it it's do you have the inside pieces uh that would that would kind of where really what it comes down to all right joe in stanford is gonna be our last caller usually the first caller but what's up
11: hey brother how are you today
3: i'm good what's up
11: well, I'm sorry I missed Woody, but I've got to talk to him before, so it's only fair somebody else gets to talk to
1: him. Uh, I appreciate um, that.
11: So I haven't been listening to the show. I just I just called in cold here. I haven't been able to get you while I'm in my vehicle. But my my, my question, obviously, is going to be about Dan Quinn. When we talked the other day, we talked about, hey, is this going to just – nothing's going to change. Well, obviously, that's not going to be the case now. Um, Put you see seat seatbelt on, Joe. Well – Oh! Oh! I got the seatbelt on.
0: Okay. Uh, oh,
11: you heard the you heard the, the yeah. Uh, thing. Yeah. That's my wife. <laughs> put,
3: put your seatbelt on. <laughs>
7: I'm just kidding.
11: That's funny. Oh, uh, that's funny. You heard that. Um, yeah. So, so obviously there's going to be changes. Uh, do you feel like that this coaching pick?
3: Is going to be a hundred percent Mike McCarthy's decision, fifty percent Mike McCarthy's uh, decision, or what? It's a good question. That's a really good question, Joe. Uh, well, I'll say this: none of it, none, none of these decisions will probably be a hundred percent Mike McCarthy's because I, I think that they, they all pride themselves on how they collaborate and 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 they they don't always make decisions that are one hundred percent. They get on the same page. But I know exactly what you're thinking and, and why you're saying that, and uh, it's a, it's a good question. Um, yeah, he, he he's probably going to have some guys in mind that he that he really wants, but uh, at the same time, I'm I'm sure you know Jerry and Steven, they're going to have to sign off on that. So they'll I mean they'll figure it out. But but yeah, and, and we'll probably never know, you know, whether what happens down the road. But that that's a, that's a really good question, and, and you know I think if we knew the answer to that then we would know exactly what what might happen here in the next year or two.
11: Yeah. Well, one thing I'll end with is there are three really great candidates out there, and I know they've probably been discussed.
3: No, go for it. Who do you got?
11: uh, The the three that I'm going to talk about, I'm going to get made fun of a little bit, but they're all three head coaches. Brable, uh, the coach from the Commanders, I forgot his name now, uh, the head coach that just got fired, and Bill Belichick. So those are three candidates that
3: would make real good defensive coordinators and they're not going to be head coaches this year. Okay. Um Ron Rivera, that one that one maybe could make some sense. Rabel, not sure if about that one. Um he's he's trying to be a head coach and it may be a situation like McCarthy where he would sit out a year and then and then we'll see. Um Belichick, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I just don't, I don't see the greatest, you know, the greatest head coach of all time. Just not, not, you know, getting a job and being a defensive coordinator under Mike McCarthy. I mean, I just, I just don't see that happening. um What a terrible situation that would be for for McCarthy. I mean, seriously, forget forget losing a game. I mean, like if you're down at the half, I mean, there're gonna be people calling for you at that point. I, that, that just doesn't seem like a fun situation. um for him at least, but then again, that's, it's not all about that. I I don't see that happening, but I think Rivera would be a, a name that you would throw out there. Um, and then, uh, and, Ren Rabel as well. I think I know, uh, our, um, one of our staff writers, Nick Harris is working on a story on, on some potential names. And, and those two are on there. I don't think Belichick is on there, but also some, some in-house, you know, names as well from the Cowboys staff. And, um, but like I said, I'll, I'll, I'll reiterate, um, I think I think some of the questions about scheme and all that—it's it, got just like it would on offense. Okay, just like if you were brought in an offensive coordinator, your first question would be, "What? What? How do you? How do you view Dak? And, and what? What are some of the things you're going to do with him?" It's the same with Micah Parsons, and so um, that's that's what I would be interested in: is what what do they what do they think where do they think he would line up? What's best for him? And then also that's a one A and then one B is you know. How, how are you going to stop the run? Uh, that's that's what they got to do. You, you got to be able to stop the run. But but good good stuff. Like I I always love when when people call in, even if their opinions are kind of out there, even if they've got some some outlandish you know observations or whatever. You know, don't just we see the problems. Try to find a solution. Try to come up with an answer. That's what I love. And so um, I'm never going to say, oh, that's that's crazy or wild or whatever, because you know here we are stuck with these. Questions that we, we don't have answers to, but at least let's come up and, and, and figure it out. You know, it's like going outside in, in in Texas in July and saying it's hot. Well, we all know that. What are we going to do about it? You know, what are you going to you going to fix the AC or are you going to get indoors or what are you going to do? So, all right, sounds good. This has been a it's been a really good show. Appreciate all the calls. Also, Darren Woodson joined us for the first 20 minutes or so, 25 minutes. Great uh, to be on with him. We're all got our fingers crossed that he is going to be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame this time next uh, week. Uh, we'll find that out. That is the reason why there will not be a Thursday show uh, next week because I'll be there in Vegas as well, um, covering that. Also, uh, NFL Honors uh, and anybody else that's kind of walking around Radio Row that tends to happen. I know we talked to Dak and uh, Micah Parsons there last year, so we'll see if um, see what I can uh, get into. Uh, there next Thursday, but we will have a show on Tuesday uh, at the normal time, back to our 1 o'clock time. We changed it today to accommodate uh, Darren's schedule, but we'll be back at 1 o'clock t- uh, on Tuesday taking all of your calls, uh, talking about the Pro Bowl. Probably not, but uh, we'll we'll be talking about uh, whatever, whatever happens, maybe a new defensive coordinator by then, or, or we'll at least talk about some of the candidates. So for Chris Beam, I'm Nick Eatman. We will see you next time on Cowboy Storyline. See you.